0: In this week's episode of Let's Talk About It, we are going to explore how COVID has forced the church to evolve. And then in our relationship segment, we're going to talk about what COVID has taught about ourselves and how it's affected our relationship. So you're here, you've joined us, now let's talk about it.
1: Well, uh, hello there. Hi. And welcome to this episode of Let's Talk About It. I'm Malcolm.
0: And I'm Micah.
1: This is our post Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> After all of the carbs, all of the carbs. Trip to van and sweets. hmm We're still in the midst of leftovers, but the main it's part good. is good. Right. <laughs> <It's> still good. <laughs>
0: yeah. This is this is a good kind of carb itis. Mm-hmm. The last forty-eight hours, but you know, how are you feeling? All all carb itesises aside, I
1: that. <laughs> so we had to do our. It's so not our first Thanksgiving on our own. This is our second one um, without the uh, bulk of the cooking being done by our families.
0: Yeah, uh, um, we're grown ups now. Yes,
1: but it feels good to like do it. To know that you can do it. Like That's true. If it was ever an and emergency it still situation good. <laughs> and the family's like, Oh my gosh, mom and grandma can't cook. Yeah. We need y'all to hold it down and be like, We got this. I got, you. <laughs> I
0: got you. Although I have to say, Malcolm has a larger portion of the Thanksgiving menu down pat. I'm still I'm still working through my side dishes, getting those perfected first.
1: I've, I've only done side dishes. I haven't had to cook a turkey or ham or anything. Mm.
0: I guess that's true. I think you just you look better doing it. So, oh, you get more points. How
1: are you doing?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I feel just grateful and gosh, that sounds cliché. So, I apologize, but I am I do mean that. <laughs>
1: You're grateful, thankful. Thankful. Filled with gratitude filled and thankfulness.
0: All variations of the phrase. <laughs> um, and also, yeah, just heavy. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah,
1: there's going to be some detoxing that needs yeah, to happen.
0: There's, now, we have been drinking lots of water, so but I feel proud of ourselves. There's going to be a need
1: to be more aggressive detox. <laughs> <laughs> be some green smoothies in my future.
0: Yeah. But that's all right. That's a part of the process. Mm-hmm. So, what do we have on the menu for today?
1: Uh, I see you did that. You said <laughs> <menu>. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're going to talk about the thing that has ruined all of our holidays. Yikes!
0: It has reshaped <laughs> our holiday experience. Absolutely.
1: And it's COVID.
0: COVID. COVID. Yeah.
1: So we have dubbed this episode about COVID, part one. Part one. We do we do not know what the other parts are about, but we are assuming that there will be more <laughs> there parts. There will be more parts. This is such a big part of our lives. Yeah.
0: And so there will be many elements of our lives to discuss as far as how COVID has impacted those elements. But today in our Faith in Context segment, we wanted to start off by talking about the church. Yes. And how COVID has affected the capital C mm-hmm. church. So... I suppose a preface is helpful. We're not talking about one version of the church here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Although I think there'll be moments during our conversation where we will distinguish if we are. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean yeah, the examples we use will probably more than likely be from our real life.
0: Exactly. But know, I think it'll church. be helpful to put like put those in the words. So yeah. um but we're, we're talking about the capital C, universal, all Christians who follow Jesus, mm-hmm. united mm-hmm. church. Um, and so we're acknowledging that COVID has affected all of us yeah. in, I think, ways that we have in common. Um, and then for some of our subcultures within the capital C church, mm-hmm. there are different ways that COVID mm-hmm. has affected us. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, what I would like to begin with is... Instead of thinking about how COVID has affected, like, lay leadership, high-level volunteers in church, and even, like, church staff members, how it's affected the church member. Mm. Um, Because I've been, you know, the only social media world that I'm involved in is Twitter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But just um, lamenting with people how being in a building every week and seeing people face to face that you expect to see every week mm-hmm. um, was something that we relied upon for a lot of our emotional health. Yeah, and I don't think outside of COVID we would have realized that. Yeah, um, I certainly took it for granted. And even as an intro, like more introverted than not person, mm-hmm. realizing that oh, like crap where am I going to get my socialization for this (laughs) week? (laughs) Like the people I laughed with and the babies that I, you know, made faces at and the people I hugged, those were moments were filling my emotional tank. Um, And so I think a lot of us church members are just lamenting that.
1: Well, I think it it magnified the importance of community, Mm -hmm. right? And even reshaped what that looks like. Like we looked we looked at it pretty, it was very binary. It was just like meals together, mm-hmm. being together in worship, worshiping together. You're either small in gro- or yeah, you're not. Yeah, that's yeah. what community is. But COVID has forced us to kind of open up our definition of what it means to be in community with people. Yeah. What does it mean to, to have a small group where you don't see these people every week in mm-hmm. person? What does it mean to actually have that relationship, either sometimes via text messages or phone calls? Right. Or you know, in other cases, Zoom calls. Yeah. Um, so how do you maintain that relationship?
0: And so now I think we're we're acknowledging that community isn't just sharing a physical space mm-hmm. together, but we're we're acknowledging that the Christian community shares emotional space mm-hmm. together, and that is going to look very different within this COVID norm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, yeah, like you mentioned, the the simple sending a text message to let someone know that you're thinking about mm-hmm. them is such, for me, I only speak to myself, for myself, but it's such a beautiful way to let someone know that, like, you're occupying space in my heart and yeah. mind, mm-hmm. even when we're not in person. Mm-hmm. Um, or even, like, people are getting, you know, creative and doing the devotionals together mm-hmm. on the YouVersion app, mm-hmm. right? Um I know lots of folks are Zoomed out, so small groups over Zoom, it's not, you know, it's not particularly, yeah. um, I don't think people are eagerly heading to their, mm-hmm. their small group Zoom meetings as much as they were in the beginning, mm-hmm. but now we're acknowledging that, like, okay, this is the way that we, you know, refrain from forsaking the assembly, right, mm-hmm. as it says in Hebrews, and it's it's what we have right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's that's one way COVID has forced the church to change.
1: Well, it's, it's interesting that when you think about, we were just talking about community, um, you think about what the early church was. The early church was not really predicated on large gatherings. Mm-hmm. It was that's very true. much a home-to-home mm-hmm. thing. Um, and so it's almost bringing it back to like that level of basics of what, of the, of what the emphasis of church was church was the community of people living life together. Um, and it was a little bit easier, obviously before there were cars and other modes of transportation work where the proximity of people was Mm -hmm. so much more, you're in much bigger clumps of people, um, much closer together. And so this weirdly, as much as it's not basics, Digital, it's still it bringing is. us back to that basic principle of yeah. community. the The church is the people, mm-hmm. and community is how we relate with one another.
0: Exactly, and
1: let, do life with one another.
0: Yeah, it's. I, I really like the way you said that. It's the how we relate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking of Acts chapter two, like the very end of it, where mm-hmm. the early church is described as you know these people who who refused to um, to go a day without eating together and sharing everything mm-hmm. in common and worshiping together in the temple, praying together. These were these hows mm-hmm. that you're talking about. It wasn't necessarily the where or the yeah. when, right? Mm-hmm. It was, this is how we do this. We commit to doing it regularly. Um, and it was really about connecting, this genuine, intentional, rhythmic connection. Yeah. Um, and now we have to we have to really lean into handling that for ourselves in this COVID season rather than kind of taking for granted that the church is always going to open its doors Mm -hmm. on 8 a.m. every Sunday. And, you know, you go to this place (laughs) and people are going to, you know, high-level volunteers and a pastor that is probably stretched too thin Mm -hmm. and hasn't been eating and sleeping as regularly (laughs) as they should. They're going to put this service together for you and you're going to sit and you'll consume it and then you'll go home and – You'll eat and maybe watch some football. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's a new day for
1: sure. Absolutely.
0: Hmm. So we've kind of talked about that angle
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, as the the member of the church, mm-hmm. but I don't know. What are your thoughts about how it's affected church leadership as someone who is you're on staff at a church, mm-hmm. worship creative director.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. It's it's I mean, just from conversations I've had with other people in my own experience, it's definitely stretching us beyond what we um, what we I mean, a lot of us are are doing roles. Our roles have expanded in a way that we weren't Mm -hmm. initially either hired for or for some other people um, weren't trained on or had the the ability to do readily. They had to learn. Yeah, Um, I was fortunate once we kind of went into covid in the in the stay-at-home order started happening i i got was trained in journalism so i knew how to edit video Mm -hmm. and do things like that so i was able to call up some skills that i already had but i know some other people are just like hey we've got to put on a live service tomorrow what do i do (laughs) whoa um and that's you know a lot of places especially places that weren't doing any streaming or anything like that and really didn't have that online presence they're really starting from zero yeah, from scratch and they don't have a staff of people that could figure it out they've got to kind of figure it out on their own so it's definitely i think it um it reveals some things about your like heart posture as well like Mm. like am i doing this for any other reason other than i love god and i love people yikes Uh, because this will reveal some things (laughs) like yeah um you know, or especially early on when we are just trying to figure out how to do it for me, I was just like, man, I'm exhausted, but I love my I love my church. Yeah. You know, I'm I love the people at my church. I love what I love my job. This is still even in this season it's still my dream job. So like mm-hmm. it was not a problem for me to like have long nights on Saturday night to get the service ready or mm. you know, having to plan all this stuff differently than we were used to, but yeah. I think for a lot of people it can be kind of challenging cuz you're like, man, I just came here to be for, you know the kids director I didn't come here to learn how to do right. <laughs> how to shoot video and edit video right <laughs> like
0: <laughs> yikes
1: and then yeah. i couldn't even imagine like you know i'm lucky enough to be a paid staff person but there's people volunteers they don't have staff so this this is all volunteer people that have jobs and work and other mm-hmm. stuff to do and they still are giving their time um to the church so it's really i mean it, it, it it's it's a really different experience depending on what kind of church you're at, mm-hmm. what kind of infrastructure was already in place, especially churches that these smaller churches that didn't have anything digital. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 really it's really rough for them. And the and the adjustment has been really difficult.
0: But I've I've been really. Encouraged by. The generosity of knowledge that I've seen. Yeah, I've seen. Oh, yeah pastors just readily share, like, this is what we're doing, this is how we're doing it Mm -hmm. in order to get these live services or, or, you know, recorded services Mm -hmm. online. And that's just a really beautiful thing. Um, And I think it's a way that the church – can so easily distinguish itself from the world. Mm-hmm. It's to say that look, we like we're all doing this for the same reason, so yeah. that the church would be edified so mm-hmm. that we would all look more like Jesus and we would gather more disciples. Mm-hmm. And so there's no reason to hoard information yeah. or to hoard knowledge mm-hmm. because you know we're all playing for the same team yeah. so to speak. So I think that's beautiful to see. Um and then also like you said it just this this revelation of what 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 motivates us mm-hmm. that covid is doing mm-hmm. is in some cases it's been it's been hard to watch because you have seen you have seen some church leadership be visibly more concerned with their image or mm-hmm. the the number of church members that they have or mm-hmm. you know um, the amount of engagement that they're getting online because that converts into tithes, dollars, and mm-hmm. things like that. And that's, you know, it's a little disheartening because I think for one, having that kind of heart posture puts so much pressure on you mm-hmm. to perform and to, you know, release this product mm-hmm. and you become, I don't know, you kind of become... Prisoner to that, mm-hmm. rather than someone who's motivated by the love of God and, and the love for His people, yeah. for God's people. So,
1: I mean, there's there's some real world things like some of these, especially smaller churches that didn't have online giving. Like it looks very different. The world looks very different for them, and their decisions are very different that yeah. they have to make. Um, especially as it as it comes to regathering um and whether or not to stop regathering if there's cases and things like that. It's very different for a church that doesn't have, for example, a, a strong online giving culture or platform. Um, that's you know, a, a lot of churches didn't come back from from yeah. their stay at home orders for that reason. They they weren't getting any tithes and offering. People couldn't give and they weren't in the building, so they couldn't really yeah. like recoup it. So it's that's also part of it too. It's not always Oh, their hearts weren't in the right place. sometimes they just they weren't ready. they couldn't pivot yeah. in time and and they had to make decisions based on okay, we have to regather to make like to literally survive as a as an entity Absolutely. and Absolutely. then people were struggling as well. people you know a lot of people lost their jobs or weren't working yeah. as much, and they couldn't give um
0: or they didn't have the emotional or mental margin to sit in front of a screen, yeah, you know by the week's end, yeah um.
1: So that's a lot of, I mean, we talked about it um, amongst our staff and even other churches that I talked to. Like, after a certain amount of weeks, people were just kind of, like, "Yeah, getting I'm burnt out done. with the online church thing. And so we saw numbers dip and things mm. like that. And you're like, whoa, you start to, like, panic. Like, what do we do? But part of it is just people are, they're Zooming for work. They're Zooming for school. They're Zooming to see their family. They're, <laughs> they're Zooming to learn things that they need to learn to be able to work from home. And then you're like, yeah. come watch church on YouTube. And you're like... <sighs> I want to, and I want another Zoom meeting. And then you yeah. like. As leaders, you want to be like, okay, we got to like replace all the things that we're not doing. We got to have mm-hmm. a, a virtual Bible study and virtual prayer meeting and virtual meetings for this and all this stuff. And then you just like, and then people are, by the time Sunday comes on, they're like I've been on zoom every day for nine hours a day mm-hmm. and Sunday they're like, I'm just going to sit here with my kids. <laughs> That's and
0: it. And look at a blank <laughs> <And look> wall <laughs> and maybe some of their toys and that just, don't make I'm noise. just
1: going to look outside the window and remember <laughs> what it was like <laughs> to go outside. To go outside. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, I I appreciate you bringing that up. I, in my mind, as I was thinking out loud about that just now, I wasn't, I wasn't imagining the church staff that, that you described, Mm -hmm. right? That just by the time March, 2020 came, had not shifted or, or incorporated digital giving Mm -hmm. or, you know, even things like distributing sermon notes online Mm -hmm. yet, Mm -hmm. um, those, those, those people weren't on my mind. And, and I appreciate you bringing that up because I think for even, even folks that we have seen who have, who have appeared to be mm-hmm. consumed by the numbers and like, we got to get people engaged and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think what you're highlighting is that there's something underneath that yeah. that's, that's a, a legitimate fear mm-hmm. of not being able to keep your church doors open by the time, you know, Lord, please willing, we yeah. come up with a vaccine and, you know, we've built up some herd immunity against this mm-hmm. thing, you know, and we can get back into person. And so, yeah, I just appreciate you bringing up that, com- that complexity because it's not just as simple yeah. as a pastor just like, Oh, I just want to have the best online experience mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some legitimate concerns. And I think what COVID has shown us is that, There's a little bit, for me, I'm just going to speak for myself, there's a little bit that I grieve in terms of the church. Gosh, this is going to sound so elementary, but I wish the church didn't have to worry about money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I wish, I wish that, like, I don't even know how it would be possible in a capitalist (laughs) system, but (laughs) that the church just had these, like storehouses of money to just always give to the community and to bless people with and to keep its bills paid. Mm -hmm. And so the church wouldn't have to, you know, have this fear because you, I mean, we're human. We can't Mm -hmm. help but to be worried about not being able to pay the church's lease every month, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this is, it's just really, it's heartbreaking. But then on the other hand, it's like, it's beautiful to see the creativity that people come up with and the resilience yeah. that that pastors are are pulling from from their community and from prayer and mm-hmm. faith in God to just go from Sunday to Sunday mm-hmm. doing what we've never done before. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: I think this this sort of forced evolution <laughs> um was necessary in a way it's necessary. I, I hate to say that, you know, God ordained this to to do this or do that but i think by and large the you know there's there's things on every poll but by and large if you look at the median of churches a lot hasn't changed in how we do church and how we relate with one another in church community so um we've we've had social media for i don't for over a decade now we've had you know YouTube and other things like this for yeah. a long time we've had the ability to record video on our phones mm-hmm. but by and large this these platforms haven't really been used no. the the that's a good point the primary vehicle of church has been the Sunday morning gathering the
0: stage yeah
1: um so or the pulpit yes stage pulpit <laughs> podium podium lectern yeah. um so this is opening up for I think for a lot of a lot of churches a way to reach people that they never would have reached otherwise Amen. Um, and to start to evaluate how they use their resources mm-hmm. for things um, outside of what they've traditionally done in the past. But Hey, mm-hmm. we need to allocate a budget for some equipment. We need to allocate a budget for a streaming. We need to allocate a budget for somebody to be able to come in and handle the digital things mm-hmm. that need to happen at a church. And I think in, in the year 2020, if you don't have a social media account at a minimum, you're really doing yourself a disservice and reaching your not only your people but people outside of your sphere of influence yeah
0: it's a it's a missed opportunity for sure and speaking of resources i think pastors are beginning to to trust their church members oh, yeah. with more mm-hmm. nowadays you know because it's just the reality is the the limits like just the natural human yeah. limits of our of our of our pastors mm-hmm. are being revealed by COVID yeah. and that's not a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. just an opportunity for, and I've seen some pastors do this amazingly, including our own <laughs> shout out to pastor Rich Johnson of Sanctuary Columbus church. <laughs> um, But just really trusting people and just saying like, Hey, I see you have this gifting. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to hand this over to you and I'm going to say yes yeah. to how you want to bless people with your gift, you Mm -hmm. know? And I, I think that's a beautiful way to, again, demonstrate that the church is really about sharing power as a demonstration of, of this flourishing abundance that, that Jesus said he came to give us, Mm -hmm. right? Like he came to give us life more abundantly, not to have this like white knuckling tight grasp on power and information and knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's let's be generous with this let's share let's yeah. trust our church members with you know edifying itself mm-hmm. you know um so it's been it's yeah
1: it's a it's a challenging but encouraging time mm-hmm. because we've seen we've we're seeing church evolve we're seeing people evolve and we're seeing people grow in a lot Together. of areas as well Yeah. um it, you know community looks different but but we're, we've adjusted. Mm-hmm. We're making the adjustment. We are. Um,
0: and I think we're being more gracious with one another, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Like, more and more I'm hearing folks just say, look, I I, I ain't got it this mm-hmm. way. And folks just nod their head, you mm-hmm. know, and well, all right, that's okay, mm-hmm. you know. Um, And we needed that. yeah, You know, to your point of this is an opportunity for the church to evolve in ways that it maybe hasn't. I think before COVID, there might have been this hyper-focus on performance and like, you know, let's get this certain kind of a product out each week. Mm -hmm. And now we're just like, look, we have spent 45 and a half hours on Zoom and Mm -hmm. phone calls. These are my, you know, fish and loaves that I have to give them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is all I got. Mm -hmm. And, And we're gracious enough with one another to say, that's enough. And we trust that God's going to yes. do something amazing with that.
1: The last thing we, I'll say about this is I think no one's asked me for any advice, but here's some advice that yes, that I have learned and Please particularly share. from our pastor. Um, we'll do what we can do mm. and not try to do anything more than that. And so for any church, if you're trying to figure out, oh, we, we I don't feel like we're doing enough. Look at, look at your team, look at your capabilities. What can you do? What can you do? And let that be enough. Don't worry about trying to do what everybody else is doing. Mm-mm. There's a lot of great ideas out there, but it's not for for all of us. Not, not We can't right. execute it all. Um, there's things that we had to leave on the table. But we do what we can do as a team, what it makes sense for us as a team to handle. And we offer what we can and let let the Lord do the rest.
0: There you go. Boom. Boom. All right. End of episode. Yeah. Right, thanks for coming, guys. No, I'm Offering plates are in the back. <laughs> no, but of course, as we mentioned earlier, this is not going to be the only part of this conversation. Nope. Um, but if you would like to chime in on this part, please head to Twitter. You know what the hashtag is. Talk about it, Pod. P-O-D. And um, continue the conversation there. We'd love to hear mm-hmm. what you think.
1: And as we continue our COVID conversations, <laughs> we're going to get a little personal and talk mm. about how COVID has what affected us personally. Is that how we're going to word it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, this is our relationships segment, right? Yes. And so I think what, what I've been reflecting on is how COVID has shaped me and then how that new shaping has affected our relationship, mm-hmm. like within our marriage and in our friendship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't know it's been it's been a humbling time for me because Mm -hmm. I think I've I've prided myself on being able to hide things like my irritability more (laughs) more easily Mm -hmm. and man if if COVID don't reveal nothing else it reveals my irritability (laughs) and so I would say that it's it's Covid has certainly made me more raw. I'm spending more emotional energy. Mm-hmm. Using screens all day is just more taxing for me, mm-hmm. and so I've I've had to be as best as I can. I mean, you would you would be a better evaluator of this because <laughs> you're in the receiving end. Mm-hmm. But I've had to be more upfront with how much emotional energy I have in a given moment, mm-hmm. um, and to just acknowledge that my irritability has like nothing to do with you, but mm-hmm. it's like. I don't know if I can have any more social input into any of Mm. my senses anymore (laughs) and to just be able to say that. um, But I think that can definitely put a strain just on our relationship because wanting to relate with one another, but Mm. coming, coming to a shared space in our home Mm -hmm. with so little left from the day has been sad at times. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, those are... Those are a few of my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What have you
1: noticed? Um, it's, I would say that um, COVID has exposed things, I think, and left me having to deal with some emotional, some emotions and some feelings that I would rather not deal with ever. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I'm a person that prides myself on being productive and being able to to do work and mm-hmm. have a really high output at a high level. And so there's just been some days where I, I just can't, my brain is not going to function that way today because it's tired from the last 10 days of just, yeah. <laughs> of just pushing um, and grinding. And it wasn't such a big adjustment for me working from a screen because I work from home. So mm-hmm. I, I'm always on a computer, laptop, phone, iPad, something. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't that big of an adjustment. So I was thankful at least from that standpoint, it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, this is a whole new workflow. It's it's basically, I mean, really, my workflow hasn't changed much other than the fact that there's more people in the house mm-hmm. than there was before. <laughs> That's true. Um, but I definitely felt the weight of everything that I had to do, particularly with all the church stuff, and then trying to figure out how to balance that with my freelance design work and other things I'm trying to do. So mm-hmm. that weight was really heavy. Yeah, um, And it, you know the first I would say probably the first month I guess March through like middle of April I don't feel like I took A day like I was just like no. Monday through Through Monday yeah. I was just You were pushing Just pushing just I gotta do this I gotta get this done I gotta get this done I can't really Weekends were not really weekends It's like we can't go out anyway so I'm just gonna like Keep trying working. to bang this workout That I need to get done Um, mm-hmm. So that, that really made me like have to be intentional because at times I, it, it made me take a rest when I didn't want to take a rest. Like right. my body was like, Oh no, you're taking a rest because you, I cannot function anymore. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm done. Um, and so then that, then I've got to deal with the, well, I'm not doing something like I gotta do, I, I gotta be using this time. Um, and so it really forced me to confront that and, yeah. you know, find what my Sabbath day of rest was going to be and sticking to it. And, and being committed to that and protecting it yeah, and not letting the voices in my head tell me that I need to be doing something that like that I'm doing something bad by work by not working. Um, and so that was really difficult mm-hmm. uh, and it's still difficult at times now. Um, but it was a really big adjustment for me because you know, when you, when you work Monday through Fridays, you have a built in it's the weekend you know, no one's calling you. And I was pretty good when I did go into the office, I didn't check email or, worry about work like i left it at work Mm -hmm. but when you work from home it's it's different always with you when you're entrepreneur (laughs) it's different when you (laughs) when you work at a church where work is uh, sunday is kind of a work day already Mm -hmm. it's different um so there's that and then just some of the just without getting super 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 specific but some of the emotional stuff that i don't like deal with regularly i had to like be confronted with like yeah why do I feel like I need to work all the time? Like, why do I feel like I have to be productive all the time? Um, yeah. And, and then all that on top of some of the social justice things and racial things that have been going on in our country, all of that weight was like happening in the middle of a pandemic on top of that. Mm-hmm. So. And there
0: was no, nothing you could do to yeah. dist- distract yourself
1: really. Like, there's nowhere you could go yeah. there's well you can't go on a vacation you can't it's just you and those emotions sitting on your bed with <laughs> in, you in the same room that you've been in for the last three months um so that was like really just some days i would come to to micah like so just to let you guys know a little bit of the dynamic we we sometimes we're able to work right now at least right now we're able to work in the same space but, but prior to that mm-hmm. micah had her own space um because she's she works at a job where confi- confidentiality is very important mm-hmm. um and then i worked in a different space so we come together and so when we come together i'd be like legitimately excited about <laughs> seeing her and like just bombard her with questions about her day and be like oh my god okay well, how are you doing how are you feeling what did you do and michael's looking at me like bro i don't really want to like i ain't got it yeah and so at the beginning of covid i was taking that very personally like I'm excited to see you and you, this is how you responded responding to me right now. Mm. <laughs> Gosh! Um, and it's, that was probably the biggest adjustment. I mean, we we had a little bit of that, but when we were, when Michael was having to leave the house to go to work, but it's different. It's a little different when the, when the pull is a little bit more on you during this season.
0: Yeah, I think, and I think our love languages too started to either show up different. I don't, I don't even fully I think we need to sit down and process this together a bit more. Mm -hmm. But it felt like they were shifting Mm -hmm. either as a result of stress from COVID or just happened to be shifting in March. Mm -hmm. But for me it was just it was just enough and it was the world to me to just sit next to you Mm -hmm. and just like just feel your skin and just smell you. Like that's Mm -hmm. that that was all i needed but for you i could sense this desire to let's let's connect let's spend quality time let's Mm -hmm. talk let like let let me in in your world and tell me what you're thinking tell me how your day was and i was just like i um i don't i don't have i don't have any of that to give right (laughs) now can i can i just sit next to you and i'm not sure if because i was so stretched if i could verbalize that mm-hmm. in march and april and so we just kept missing each other you. um and yeah i it, it broke my heart that you know that it happened that way and i'm grateful that now we've been able to to process it and i could say to you like i'm sorry i just didn't know how to verbalize that mm-hmm. I had nothing left and mm-hmm. that feeling your skin was enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for that. But it's like, man, COVID, like dang, you really tried to
1: you really tried to
0: mess up a sister's marriage real quick. Like <laughs> slow down. Um but I think one thing we can be grateful for, too, is that, like, we in the house together. So, oh. if we going we gonna to talk about it or what? Because it's just us and these <laughs> <Yes>. four walls. <laughs> nowhere to go. Yeah,
1: there's nowhere to hide. <laughs> there's nowhere to hide. There's no private spaces anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. And I think I think on my end, so this is, okay, this is a, a little bit of a roundabout story. But there's a show that I really like. It's called 30 Rock. Okay. Um, this
0: is a roundabout. Yes.
1: And there's an episode where um, Tina Fey's character, Liz Lemon, is, she should be seeing a, a therapist, but she's not. Okay. And so she goes, it just sits down, and it's just laying all her problems down on this, one of the little pages that work in the building. Mm. Um, And so her boss comes in and says, I thought you were seeing a therapist. She's like, yeah, he's it's Kenneth, just listen to all my problems. It's like, you can't just tell him everything. He can't handle it. And so she, they show him the notebook and he's just fixated on this one thing he says that basically broke his brain. And he's just sitting there writing it down over and over and over again. And so the boss says, okay, you need to go find the therapist to leave this man alone. And so he, she sits him down, sits Kenneth down and is like, hey, tell me your issues and I'll put them in my mind device and and crush them. Um and so I think in my my, in my mind, this is not obviously consciously this is not what I was thinking. I think I always thought I had a mind vice and that whatever emotions I was feeling, Mm. whatever emotions anybody else was feeling, I could take it and just crush it. Nope. And just (laughs) it just crush it. And then COVID (laughs) happened and my mind vice could not crush enough of what was happening (laughs) for me to function. (laughs) And so there'll be times when Michael would ask me about how I'm feeling, I'd just be like, I'm fine. She's like in her mind, she's like, "No, you're not fine <laughs> and I, out. and I need you to know that you're not fine and it's okay that you're not fine, but I did that's not a part of my yeah. that was not a part of my mental health language of vocabulary that being not fine is okay yeah. um and so it it caused another stressor on us because Micah knows that something's wrong. I'm acting like nothing is wrong <laughs> and so now we're just in this weird me trying to act like everything's okay and Micah's like okay it's really not okay but okay whatever we'll just keep talking about whatever sports I guess today okay
0: so so here, here's what I'll say here's what I think is not fair about mm-hmm. how I did that because in me saying to you I you know quote I know something's not I know something's wrong mm-hmm. what I observed in you is that you began second guessing yourself mm-hmm. and you were like Looking at the ground like, okay, am I not okay? What's going on? And I don't think that was like, I don't think that was fair. And so well, I Well,
1: in your defense, I was not okay.
0: True. I right? was not
1: okay but and then, you were right.
0: <laughs> but then there was this moment where you, you know, were kind of thrown into this introspection that
1: mm-hmm.
0: I didn't ask you if you wanted to. Th- you know, think about the machinations of your thoughts right now. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so I think what what I've appreciated is that now sometimes you'll just say, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't know how I'm feeling. Yeah. And or I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And like those are boundaries for me to just wait until you've mm-hmm. processed it and figured out. Or maybe I'll ask like, okay, well, do you do you wanna like talk about it? you wanna think out loud about mm-hmm. it? And sometimes you'd be like, no, I just I don't know. I'll let you know later, and that's a boundary for me to be like, okay, he's he's processing it, he's figuring it out, mm-hmm. and you've been you've been gracious. And if there is something that I've done to affect you emotionally, mm-hmm. you'll you'll let me know, and yeah. so I can just trust it. Okay, he's he just needs some time.
1: I think for I had to learn like whenever I couldn't trace something an emotion to something, I think well everything's really mm-hmm. okay. It's just whatever, I'm mm-hmm. fine. It's and so then it would be like aggravating when <laughs> I'm like have to keep confronting it. I'm like, no, I'm fine, really, 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 I'm fine. <laughs> like, okay, the look in your eyes, Malcolm, doesn't make me think that you're fine, but okay, the you're facial okay. your facial expression is say that. <laughs> but I think what, the sign of growth for me that I noticed was when I was able to say, I don't know why, I just don't. I, I'm aggravated. I don't know why. Yeah, like I'm depressed today. I don't know why.
0: And that was so. Fr- it was so freeing for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because then, because I I know emotions aren't linear. Like mm-hmm. feelings just pop. Like hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like here's some irritation for <laughs> no, you.
1: <right>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't. I didn't ask you to come here, but great, come on in. Uh-huh. And so for you to just say, I like I don't know what's going on. This is just how I feel. Mm-hmm. I could just stop there, and I could mm-hmm. stop wondering. I could stop trying to figure out narratives to Mm -hmm. fill in why you're feeling the way you do and Mm -hmm. just let, I don't know, be okay, Yeah, you know? And so even though COVID has stretched both of us very thin emotionally, it's changed the way that we've communicated with one another about those emotions. And I think it's put us in a position where we respect each other's emotional boundaries Mm -hmm. in ways that, I think invite more intimacy Mm because I end up feeling more connected to you and more, more eager. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I wouldn't say like now I know that if I try to connect with you emotionally, I'm going to get a good result. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get honesty. I'm going to get vulnerability from you. And Mm -hmm. so that makes me want to do it more. Um, And so, you know, if Kobe was trying to cook something up, it ain't it ain't work. Because now we (laughs) now we all connected. I'm way more in
1: touch with my emotions now. I know everything. (laughs) I know the whole world is opened up. I am a minimally trained therapist now. Yikes. I can go out here and fix everybody's problems. I mean, you do have
0: some solid coaching skills. I I will say that.
1: So here's, if I were to distill all of this that we just mm, talked about. Yes, distill. For me, myself personally, which is Yikes. one of my least, you guys, that's one of my least favorite phrases. You me, myself personally, because all of those things mean the same thing. None of those <laughs> mean, things mean any different. If you, if you would just say personally, that's you don't have name. to say me, myself, I, whoever. <laughs> well, personally means you. Are you, when do we ever speak for somebody else? Like, speaking. Oh,
0: many of us do. No, but in a conversation like <laughs> this.
1: Speaking for this person, their depression was the worst. It's like, wait a minute. (laughs) Why are you
0: speaking for him? (laughs) Why am
1: I catching stray bullets right now in this situation? (laughs) Um, But what I would, what I would, what I would, uh, how I would distill what I've learned during COVID. is it's purely emotional for me. Like, it was very, like, I had to deal with that. Yeah. And so learning that not being okay is okay. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, I'm not broken. I'm not, you know it is not not all bad emotions are are the result of something bad sometimes you just have a reaction to something and you don't you don't know it yet you'll figure it out later you'll figure it out later um and so that's just not something that i was raised to believe if you had a bad emotion then you need to fix it mm-hmm. like fix your face before you go into this building before you embarrass me <laughs> well, all right then i'm I'm having flashbacks, <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Micah giving me the space to say, hey, I don't even, she's like, I don't put words in her mouth, but I don't care if you're feeling something bad, but just, let's talk about it. Yeah. And it's okay to talk about it. Like, she doesn't take it personally. I tend to take it more personally, even when it has nothing to do with me. But that's just because I'm me. I don't know.
0: I mean, I have a wide range of emotions. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't take very many. <laughs> I'm very emotionally flexible.
1: But that's I had. I had to learn that. Hey, there's going to be days where you're just going to sit outside and cry. And yeah, you're not. It's okay. there's, The world isn't ending. It doesn't even have to be because. It doesn't have to be because of anything big. Nope. But in this moment for you right now, this is what you're feeling and it's okay to feel that. And it's okay to not be able to fix it or verbalize it. Or verbalize it.
0: Yeah, sometimes you just don't get to talk about it or don't want to talk about
1: it. And that's what I that's where I was always what made it difficult for me to communicate that was because well, I don't know why. So mm-hmm. there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. But sometimes it's just Micah just wants to hear my process and be able to understand why I'm making the facial expression I'm making. Or why did I just snap at our dog when he just walked into the room? Like, eh, be able to explain that, explain that, (laughs) and be able to recognize that it's happening, even if you don't fully know why it's happening.
0: (laughs) Oh, goodness. So,
1: how would you distill this for you, what you've learned in COVID thus far?
0: Yeah, I think for me, it's been acknowledging that my emotional prowess has been pared down quite a bit (laughs) and just accepting that. I mean, as you know, I, I love making space for people and making a space for people where they feel loved and welcomed and affirmed and accepted. Mm -hmm. And my capacity to do that is much more limited now. Mm -hmm. And the way my mind naturally works is if I'm not able to do it something well suddenly, then I'm a bad person. It it becomes – it's just the way my mind works because of my – what I've been through, and that's my natural way to go. And so when March and April hit, and I was noticing that, like, oh, like, I'm irritable for what seems like no reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't have as much patience as I'd like, mm-hmm. and I'm telling folks that I need, you know, space and to be by myself more often than I'd like – And my mind was immediately telling me that like, oh, that means you're a bad therapist. Mm -hmm. That means you're a bad friend or that means you're a bad wife. And Mm -hmm. that means you're a bad this. Mm -hmm. And so COVID is putting me in a position where I need to accept that my limits are going to shift and they're going to change. And that doesn't mean that I'm less loved or less lovable. It just means I'm I'm human. That's good. So
1: that's good. Well, I think if I were to leave our listeners with something. Mm -hmm. I would say. I'm not an expert. Micah is an expert, actually. She's a trained, she's a trained therapist. I would say expert. I'm
0: trained, not an oh, expert. <laughs> whatever.
1: Um, but f- you have to find what works for you mm-hmm. in whatever situation. We don't have every answer for every situation. Um, but find what's true for you, for what works for your situation, your circumstances. And let that be enough. And let that be enough. And that's a great way to leave this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um that's a great way to leave this episode. I would
0: say I would agree. This well. is this is
1: a great part one of our COVID conversation. Mm-hmm. Not sure when the next one will be. You know. But we're assuming that there will be another <laughs> one.
0: <laughs> but y'all, I we just we really do love y'all for coming and listening yes. and sharing this space with us. So as always, feel free to continue this conversation on Twitter. You mm-hmm. can find me at, at spoken worship and
1: I am at Malcolm M music. That's M-A-L-C-O-L-M-M music.
0: <laughs> Lots of M's. Lots of M's. And then, of course, you can use the hashtag TalkAboutItPod. Yes.
1: We're so thankful that you guys are joining us, did join us. We'll continue to join us. Mm-hmm. And uh, once again, this has been Malcolm Morgan. And Micah Morgan. And we'll see you next time on Let's Talk About It.